0: Business Involved presented by House Enterprise and brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com slash house or use the code of house at checkout for 20% off your order and free shipping. I'm Jake and that's Will. I'm just going to lead with this. We had it scheduled for later in the agenda. Buzzer beaters are back. Um, Everyone in the social media world that follows basketball has seen this wild clip of Rutgers walking off Purdue on a half-court three-pointer in their home building, and, and they're back. I'm here for it. This is fucking incredible stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, first off, Rutgers upsetting Purdue. How was that? Yeah. Have yourself a day. That was pretty, pretty incredible, especially when Purdue just got the one spot. And I think that's a trend in college basketball. It's like the one spot is the worst position to have because I feel like every single time it happens every season, there's an upset every single time. And I mean, the fact that it was Rutgers, I mean, Rutgers is a good team. You know, they are, you know, what is a uh, Rothstein's day? Steve Peichel pounding nails.
0: Yeah. Pounding nails. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's, it's just true. So pretty, um, pretty exciting stuff from the, from Rutgers, but yeah, buzzer beaters are so back. It's definitely a uh, fun thing to have in college hoops and uh, happy they are making a comeback.
0: this is pretty cool. If only we saw the same action from the NBA, which is kind of heating up a little bit. We'll talk about that too. Um, Lots of cool stuff going on in sports. But yeah, this is one of those times that it's just, you know, thick of December. There's just so much shit going on, you know, sports and and in life in general. But I mean, it's like, this is one of the only times that honestly every sport except baseball is pretty much in full swing. Um, NYCFC. Took home New York's first title in in quite a few years. Pretty sick stuff. Things that no one thinks about.
1: Haven't watched watched a lot of MLS, to be completely honest. I used to watch a lot of NYCFC end of high school, early college, just because it was new and stuff. And it was also David Villa, Frank Lampard, Andre Pirlo. Um, Pirlo. So that was always cool to watch. But then it kind of like fell through. I tuned in a couple times on a random... You know, random day on ESPN two, I think even it wasn't even like the main ESPN that I'd see him on. But I watched the Revs game because it's like, oh, you know, semifinals. We almost got tickets to go to that, and then I'm like, wait, they could actually make it to the cup. Like this is kind of crazy. And then they won. They won um, in PKs
0: too, right?
1: Won in PKs, which they I mean, they had, they beat the Revolution in Gillette on PKs. Then they they head they went to Philadelphia, which was another higher ranked team. Um, the the Revs actually were the supporter shield, so they were like the best team in the regular season. Upset them, went to Philadelphia, upset them. Granted, Philadelphia had a lot of COVID players, so they were men down. And then they went to Portland, Providence Park, and beat the Timbers. Um, I mean, they almost lost it too. Like they were winning one nothing until like the ninetieth minute, five minutes extra. And someone on Portland scored and then it went down to B games after um, extra time. But it was definitely uh it was exciting to see. And I think I'm gonna ride with them fully next year and do some coverage because that was that was cool to watch. I'm
0: cool with uh I'm cool with being an NYCFC podcast. That's fine with me. Might as well.
1: You gotta get some of these obscure sports.
0: <laughs> we should pick like. Next soccer season or next whatever season. I know F1 is a trend for a bunch of podcasters to do and like NASCAR and shit, but I feel like MLS, just picking an MLS team would be cool. So yeah, I guess we're an it's NYC it's podcast. So right I, and ride it. I guess we should really know our lane because we we're probably, if we're Providence, you know, like Rhode Island, New England based podcasts. Well, we're going <laughs> we'll we'll you
1: to ride
0: with it for soccer time.
1: when it comes here.
0: I know we will support, we'll be undying supporters of the Rhode Island USL team. That's like, that's a fact. That's a fact. That's fine. Um, The Revs might get a back seat, sadly. They might, but whatever. We're here to be, we're here to be impartial. Um, We're here to, but we are here to ride or die with NYCFC. We're sorry, everybody. Beers, let's have some, um, I'm gonna go with an older one. I will save that for after your review, Will, but what's on tap?
1: Yeah, so a little slow week in the beer game. I reviewed a Greenport last week. Don't wanna double dip on that because I was home for the weekend and had some more. So I'm gonna take the biasy out of it, but highlight a House Brewing Company beer. It um, means we just uh, went onto the market You know, we accept donations for beers for people over the age of 21 and we're shipping them out for Christmas. But one of our newer beers, the grocery store, Joe, which we've alluded to on the podcast multiple times, it's a mango, mango, pineapple, milkshake, IPA and hot take. I think it's one of the best beers we've made. That's not a hot
0: take. That's right on.
1: I mean, it is super fruity. Um, I thought we hit the lactose perfectly. So it's not too like upfront and thick. I thought it was balanced well. It has a nice color. Um, it smells great. I love it a, a lot. I mean, I love fruit beers to begin with. And, you know, combining that with an IPA and it's not that like pungent citrusy one is perfect. Um, unbiased, four out of five for me. I thought grocery store joe was excellent.
0: I, I really did too. I, I actually like when we drink our beers, it's one of those that like, you know, it's not that it's bad, but you know, you'll, you'll want to take a couple of sips, maybe drink half the beer or a full beer. And then that's, you're like, all right, you know, I'm I'm kind of good. I don't want to, you know, necessarily go reach for another one. This is one that you want to go have two or three. Mm-hmm. Like, this is one of my opinion you're reaching for after. So love, love what we did. Uh, yeah, that was and kudos to Paige as well who uh who prepared our mango puree with pineapple um total game changer absolute total game changer
1: so now we just got to get our hands on it we have to get the beer in the hands of the actual grocery store gel um from bachelor in paradise which more updates yeah. to come yeah we've gotta to get his attention that's uh
0: i love it because he'll probably eat this shit up um this is great stuff Grocery store Joe on our website, on our Instagram, go check it out. Um, Another familiar face for us, long live beer works. Everybody knows them. No one needs the pitch, Uh, you know, best beer in Rhode Island, possibly beyond for this time of year, picking one that makes me happy um, peanut butter, mallow bites. I don't think they have this available right now, but I am sure they will, or they'll have a version of it. You and I had this at the end of April, 2021. It's an imperial stout with peanut butter, marshmallow, and cacao nibs. And it's a whopping 9.5%, almost 10. I gave this a 475 because I think we had a long conversation the last uh, Treehouse time we did about what the best beer of 2021 is. I really looked into this. I think it was so that creamsicle beer we were talking about. But then I found peanut butter mellow bites and I'm like, well, it's probably between those two. And you and I, the receipts are there. We both gave it a four, seven, five at the time of tasting.
1: I gave it a four, seven, five as well.
0: You did. I'm going to, I'm going to toast your, your thing right now. So you see it. And that was a very, very excellent beer. It was exactly what it sounds like. Peanut butter, marshmallow, cacao nibs, nine and a half whopping Imperial stout. Um, I think that's the best stout, and Long Live has. That's a, a very crazy claim to say that's the best stout that Long Live has made. But that I I think I'm sticking by that.
1: Four seven five, yeah, yeah. They do some good stuff with
0: stouts. For as much as we say with IPAs, I mean, uh, you got to think their stouts may be better than Treehouse. Just gonna. say. I,
1: I do think so. I think that's a a, f- a fair take on that because. Treehouse their stouts are obviously excellent. Like, don't get me wrong. I know. They're just like uh, very much into that like dark, heavy, more roasted malt flavors than like the sweet stuff. And again, like there was like they're very big obviously into the um coffee, like because like they brew their own coffee. So it's like I totally get it, but sometimes it's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you
0: know, we talked about that. And it's like, do you really want to always a quadruple shot mocha cold brew like you had? Right. It's like, I'm not always reaching for that. I want somewhere in between where if I want like a heavy stout, I don't necessarily want all the shit in it. But this is like perfect. You know, you have the peanut butter and marshmallow, and that's like, you know, there you go. Cut it off right there. Don't need the chocolatey pastry stuff like Long Live does do. You know, it's really good, but I, I think this is perfect. This is like right up the alley of what Rhode Island beer consumers want. And and like Massachusetts and New Hampshire and Vermont, people come down for stouts. That's nuts. But no, I mean, I love I, so. I love it.
1: Rightfully so. They yeah. Long live is starting to get to that point where it's like, I mean, that we we talked about it before the show, but they they just got featured on, on tap part of their giveaway. It's like it's obviously a destination in new england it's like when you're in rhode island if you don't stop in providence like you have to stop at long live. and it's like no matter what the season is whether it's in the summer and you need the frozy cup or the fall you need their their ipas or in the winter you have their stouts they are becoming that one-stop shop for everything yeah i agree
0: long live beer works again you've heard the pitch name speaks for itself they do an excellent job mm-hmm. we've got a great guest um and we'll get into that right after this, but it is book it with Trent. For those of you that saw our the teasers we put out on social media, um, our parlay hit, which is really good. So we're gonna you're gonna hear us reference a parlay at some point through the interview. Um, it hit, which is really good, plus five sixty eight. Um, we will talk about that after the interview a bit more. I'm sure um he was awesome took a bunch of time for us and uh, a great interview as we expected but before we get into his segment we'll talk some business real quick um because there's a lot of stuff going on at the end of the year weirdly enough uh jeff bezos is back in space we're sending back uh, people to space blue origin launched its new Shepard rocket for the sixth time this year uh, it was the first time the company launched six passengers at once and carried a crew of two guests and four customers. Now he is just, I don't know what to say about Jeff Bezos anymore.
2: Tone deaf
1: uh, <laughs> is tone deaf the right word. I think so. Okay. I can get around it. I mean, like, listen, obviously, like the space exploration, it's 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 fascinating, it's sexy, it's all that stuff. I mean. It's the first time there was not only with, you know, Blue Origin, but also SpaceX and whatever and other NASA missions, if that's even still a thing. There was 13 missions this year. That's the most since 1985, which I believe was 11. And that was, you know, obviously prime time, the 60s, 70s, and 80s of space, 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 space. But again, you are this multi, multi, multi-billionaire, billionaire. Is he a trillionaire or not yet? No, no, he's a yeah, but either way, he has all this money and he's dancing around talking about space and sending these people la 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 la. Meanwhile, amongst the Midwest and the South, these oh, tornadoes shit. hit Amazon warehouse broke down crushed down in the midst of a holiday, which is a major will cause major delays and stuff. But even worse and sadder is it killed six people. And he doesn't mention anything of that. He just talk about, oh, well, we went to space again. It's like, come on, dude, like have some empathy. You know, more and more people are coming back saying like Amazon's a horrible place to work for. And like, it's all about the money and not about the people and all of this stuff. And he goes, keeps doing this, all this other stuff. If this happened to Tesla, I'm not making assumptions, but I think Elon Musk would have a little bit more empathy.
0: I'm sure he would. I'm sure he would address he'd it right off the bat. Off for a few days. Like, you know, maybe use your money for some good, dude. And I guess tone deaf is the right word. And I just Googled it. You know, Jeff Bezos tone deaf in the first article is, if you Google Jeff Bezos and tone deaf, the results are blinding. So I guess you're right. This has been something that people have, have done and said, you know, he posted the photo of him smiling with the crew and goes, happy crew this morning in the training center. That's fucked up. I'm right with you there. Yeah. It's I like- didn't realize he did that.
1: But the unfortunate part is like Amazon is such a conglomerate at this point that no matter what happens, people are still going to give money, you know? know. And like we were talking about it, you know, Paige and I this weekend, it was just like we were mentioning like all of this space stuff and like how, you know, people died and everything. And it's like, well, what does that change? I'm still buying Christmas gifts on Amazon. Uh, I know. know?
0: Has he reached the point where these people get where he can do anything basically and amazon won't suffer i say yes he's one of the people on this earth maybe besides elon musk um you know bezos and i I think you throw zuckerberg in that category too where no matter what he does people are still going to use the products and they're going to toss money towards
1: it unfortunately yeah that is that is the reality of it but it's like what are you going to do what are you going to do you know, it's like you can't buy anything and get next day shipping, even with all this stuff, the uh, supply chain issues. It's like people will still do it and the rich get richer.
0: Sadly. So, well, if there's any bright side, Jeff Bezos is still continuing the space missions and now it's the most space missions in any year since 1985. So if you like space exploration, this has certainly been your year. And again, you know, We'll have to see how Amazon stock in parallel to the success of Blue Origin holds up. I something tells me probably pretty well, even with Bezos out. So that's what I think. Um, talking about more stock market areas and BuzzFeed IPO didn't read much on this. You and I were catching up before to, to kind of catch each other up, but. Had some sharp early gains and then has really just kind of they've really lost it, they've lost control of what's going on here. Um, a lot of specs that were invested in BuzzFeed withdrew, and that's not good. I'm no analyst, that's not good. So, I'm not really sure what the future of BuzzFeed
1: is here. No, no, I mean, it hit, they were down for 40% of its value. Um, as majority of the investors opted out not to participate, as you mentioned, um, which pretty much left the business with fraction of the millions in funding originally expected. So with that news coming out, obviously, it was going to tank. I'm more curious on why they left, not, you know, they left kind of thing. It's like, there's got to be a reason behind it. I mean, how much stock do you really have in BuzzFeed? You know, it's not necessarily yeah. a... a I don't know the right word to say it. It's like, I guess it, it, it does have some, you know, factual reporting behind it, but it's more of an entertainment piece. So it's like, you know, right what was the spin on like what Buzzfeed was going to become if a public company, but I've also heard like years ago, there's been so much turmoil within Buzzfeed. Like I'm pretty sure they were one of the um, you know, publications that was trying to, Uh, unionize their workers which is like you know you pretty much blog all day why you need to be a union but that's a different conversation I think the what's really coming down to and it's like ironic enough because this podcast started and like when we started this podcast we were very into SPACtober but SPACs have really been awful awful I know they've been bad I'm looking at the D-SPAC index is down 50% since February. Holy when it was shit. at like an all-time high. We, I th- I'm pretty sure we talked about that when it launched. It's like blank check companies are just so volatile. It's like, you know, firms that are going public with them pretty much like do not see that instantaneous return that it used to have. Yeah, I guess so. Were people just bored, you have to think? I mean, I get it, like... For the common investor, the retail investor, it's like you want to invest in companies that you know, like because you recognize the name, but it might not be the smart play.
0: And that's the thing. It's, was there a level, I I don't know, there was just so much that went on in 2020 that those trends, it's like, you almost throw the trends out the window in a way because you had crypto rise for sure. And now it's, you know, taking a fall these past couple of weeks. What hasn't really, but, you know, last year SPACs rose and people were just throwing money at stuff that they didn't know. They're just like, oh, that's SPACs good. They're going to, they're a blank check company. They're going to buy this company technically just to make it work on paper. It's like, oh, all right. Interesting.
1: Yeah, um, I've, I've been out on SPACs in a while because like I'm still sitting on some that I have not seen a return in in about a year. I know. And arguably, right. like, we're
0: getting into territory where you, it's, like, depending on when you got in, it's very realistic that you might take a loss on those backs too. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. That's, like, that, that's crazy. It's the unfortunate behind it, but it's, it's all part of the game.
0: That figure, by the way, you, you mentioned, basically, BuzzFeed's going to be left with, like, fractions of what was promised to them. 94% of the 20, 287.5 million is withdrawn. Yeah not a math guy, but that's a lot. Let's do this out. So if you take 288 million and you take four percent of that, that's eleven and a half million bucks. It's not good.
1: Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
0: Your company like BuzzFeed, eleven and a half million bucks doesn't get you too far.
1: Not at all. So they'll be struggling for a bit.
0: Yeah. well, we'll keep our eyes on BuzzFeed. Um, I'm sure they'll recover. At some point, but because you got to think, like you said, BuzzFeed not going away. They're they're doing a lot of stuff coverage-wise. I mean, it's more entertainment than anything, but they'll be around. Um, I'm not terribly worried about BuzzFeed, but these next couple of of months will be tough for BuzzFeed for sure. All right, let's get into our interview with Book It with Trent. Um, what a guy! You guys know him from all his gambling content on social media. You probably know him from the famous Russell Westbrook blunder when he was starting off his career as what he thought was going to be a reporter. Let's hear the stories from him. Here is Trent Atia from Book It With Trent.
1: All right, everybody with us this week, we have a very special guest You've probably seen him online, he is a gambling machine. You might have also recognized him way back when with the Oklahoma City Thunder, the little <laughs> Russell Westbrook interview, but we'll go over that briefly. Um, Trent Atia, Book It With Trent online. He is the one of the most entertaining gambling personalities on social media. Book It With Trent has gained over 6 million likes on TikTok and thousands of followers across all platforms. He's also the founder of Book It Sports, a sports gaming community, which I know we'll dive into deep in this interview. But Trent, welcome on the podcast. Uh, how's everything on your end? And uh, thanks for coming on.
2: Appreciate you guys having me. Thanks for the, for the invite. Uh, things are going well. Just moved into our new place in Las Vegas. Been a little hectic, but just starting to settle down.
1: Yeah, we see the, uh, you got a little Red Sox thing uh, in the background, though. So I definitely want to hear the story on, uh, I mean, Manny Ramirez, he's uh He's, He's a there. jack of all trades and all, you know, time. all time. So we'll, we'll respect that. But, uh, you know, how has that move to Vegas thus far?
2: Uh, so far, so good. We've got a nice place, a lot of space. Uh, Manny Ramirez, all time favorite player, by the way. That's why I've got that. Uh, I was a huge Red Sox fan when Big Poppy and Manny were both on the team. But now I've kind of diminished that fandom since they retired. But uh, two of my favorite players by far in baseball, huge baseball fan. But yeah, so far so good on the move. Um, Really just starting to settle in, get some shit on the walls finally. Uh, I still need to hang that up, but yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You. That's that's awesome. Yeah, we we'll uh, we'll be all right with the Red Sox stuff. We're big Yankee guys, so we'll we'll get over it.
2: Um, (laughs) I'm not I'm not a fan, so you're all right.
0: All right, we're good. We're out of the woods. That's yeah. we, we've established Alabama. a level, like a very good baseline. <laughs> we got a pulse check. All right, we're we're good.
1: <laughs> so, um, no, you want to start it off, Tim? Sure, I, I'd love to.
0: So, Trent, you started off TCU, right? Uh, sports broadcasting journalism was the deal, and then you kind of went through the ranks. Uh, Interned at ESPN, um, you know, you, the resume is pretty long already, you know, Oklahoma City, Thunder, Morning Brew, NFL, Fox Sports. So what was that dream gig, you know, when you were growing up? What what did you want to do originally?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, so when I went to TCU is a miracle that I even got in, in the first place. My um, you know GPA, ACT was just not where I would say it would need to be in order to get into a school like that. But thankfully, I did early decision, which kind of prioritizes Uh your admission. Uh, So I was able to squeeze in somehow. And uh, but I always know that I'm not the smartest kid in the room. um, But I will do whatever I can to be the be the best person in the room uh, and find ways to do it other than my smarts, you know. And so that's why my resume, you know, is has a long list of big companies on there because I was I worked the hardest, I would say, to put myself in a position to get, you know, a job like that in other ways. That's not, you know, your GPA, you know, through networking connections, you know, just being a face, putting yourself out there and just never giving up, Uh, you know, so I would say a dream job that I would, would have wanted during college is honestly exactly what I'm doing right now, working for myself, being in front of the camera, being a creator, but also founding a company and being the face of it. Uh, without all the, you know, CEO shit that I was doing before I stepped down as CEO. Uh, But I was CEO for the first year and a half of the company and uh, felt as if I took us probably as far as I could go as a CEO. And it was time to bring on someone who actually knows what the hell they're doing and uh, has a lot more experience, and is more qualified, which would free me up to do what I, you know, am now currently doing, which is being the creator that I know I could have always been uh, but stepping down as a CEO was probably the best decision I've made thus far, just because, you know, here I am now with a lot of more followers than I would have ever had as a CEO. And uh, and every day I just devote, you know, bettering my craft and bringing the community together. Uh, so I would say right now what I'm doing is probably, you know, as close to a dream job as I could have ever imagined. Um, but I always just tried my hardest to, outwork everyone in the room you know in my journalism classes to secure a job like at the NFL network which was probably the coolest experience uh I had you know working at internships I worked for the Cowboys as well that was a good time Fox Sports um but yeah just putting yourself in the right position to either get lucky or you know succeed
1: 100% yeah and we definitely want to touch upon the um you know your transition from out of the ceo and obviously learn more about book sports but while we're on your resume uh, we teased a little bit at the beginning your first uh you know that little fame moment was the russell westbrook interview um was that the moment when you knew how big social media was that some you know an interview that you just did you know it wasn't even that bad you mumbled a couple words you're like hey pass it on me that's good um and then also a similar interview with um Uh, I believe it was Steven Adams when you were talking about the mustache bros. But did you ever realize like, oh, shit, anything I say, once it's out there, it will get blown up like that?
2: Oh, yeah, that was for sure my first instance. So backstory: I was a freshman at TCU. So I was like 18 years old. And I was, again, you're trying to find any way, any foot in the door to get started in sports. And I love the Thunder, like my favorite team by far, no doubt. And uh, was super passionate about the team. I felt like I could you know, blog and find a way to you know, get something going on my resume. So I reached out to an account on Twitter that I heavily followed you know, throughout my uh, fandom of, as a Thunder fan. And they have like 30,000 followers there. And they blog and they're just a big Thunder account. And I reached out and said I wanted to you know, work for them. I'd work for free. Just want to get some experience. And I got a job. Uh, working for free, just writing articles post-game. And uh, the Thunder, they never land any free agents. No one goes to Oklahoma, right? But we we landed Paul George and Carmelo Anthony uh, in the summer of, what, 2017 or something. And uh, that was huge. As a Thunder fan, that was like, holy shit, we're back. Uh, like, we just pulled off some wizardry to get some actual free agents and some superstars to Oklahoma City. And so we were all freaking out. And in the group chat, everyone's talking about media day coming up and how lit it's going to be with all these new signings. And I was like, I want to go. Like, can I come? And they were like, yeah, you can live tweet for us. So I was like, all right, word. I've never met these guys. Have No idea what they look like. I've just been blogging for them. So I get in the car next day, uh, go to media day and don't really know what I'm getting into at all. I don't even know what a media day is like. I've never been to one. Uh, but I get to the stadium and I walk right in the stadium. It was weirdly easy to get in, Uh, but I walked right in, walked right into the press room, and it was just like every press conference you ever see on on ESPN or whatever. Uh, Media is down below, podium up top, and players and coaches just start, you know, coming in one by one, answering questions just like every other press conference. And I'm like, am I allowed to ask a question? And the guy next to me was like, yeah, you're part of the media. Uh, you just raise your hand. And I was like, okay, I got to fucking, I got to do this. I'm the youngest kid in the room and it's not even close. Everyone's got gray hair. I'm 18 years old. And, uh, and Westbrook, who's like my idol, uh, comes up to the podium, got to ask a question. And uh, I'm eagerly raising my hand and I finally get the mic. And I don't know if you've seen the video, but Westbrook like does this weird look like as I grab the mic and I start like trying to phrase my question and he's, like, staring into my soul and just sucked all the words out of me. And nothing came out. It was just a bunch of gibberish. And I immediately just was like, take the mic, dude. Like, I, I hope you have a question because the mic's yours now. And uh, thankfully, the dude next to me, like, you know, cleaned up the mess that I had made and, and got a question out, thankfully. But, I mean, Westbrook was a huge champ about it. He laughed it off. It was on ESPN the next day when I got home. Uh, all my boys in my fraternity were like all gathered around the TV. It was fucking nuts, uh, but it was a hell of a story. And yeah, it really was the first instance of me realizing the power of social media and what it could do. Um, you know, I, when I was driving home in three hours, my phone was just blowing up. I literally had to just turn it off and put it in my in, in the passenger seat and just get the fuck home. And I was just like, holy shit! Like, what just happened? Like, what's gonna happen when I get home? And I get home and like all my boys are like freaking the fuck out. Uh, like Bleacher Report posted it, Barstool posted it, ESPN posted it, and it was just, it was insane.
1: Hey, I mean, all, all press is uh, all press is good press, you know, and yeah. it's like, yeah. it's, uh, you get to laugh at it a couple of years later, so why the hell not? That's uh, <laughs> exactly. it's a great story, though. So now we're getting into, you know, you had the broadcast and the journalism, you had all of this sports experience, and, you know, we might know this answer, but we love the listeners to hear it as well. When did you start gambling? When did you become this degenerate, book it with Trent gambler, you know, throwing Hail Mary and money lines on the Lions and uh, stuff like that? When was that start for you?
2: <laughs> yeah, I would say that started in uh, actually the same dorm room where I reached out to the Thunder my freshman year. Uh, my roommate was actually a huge gambler and we we're like best friends. We went to high school together. Uh, and he started getting into gambling uh, in fr- freshman year. And so we were roommates and I would just see how much more like intrigued and and actively watching games when there was a financial stake on the line. And then my other peers started gambling with them a little more. And I just didn't have much money to bet with my freshman year. So I was kind of on the sidelines. And, and then I started placing action and getting involved. And I was like, OK, this shit's fun. Like I could see this. If it ever does become legal, it's going to change everything and how we watch sports every day. But yeah, it was my freshman year. It was when I first started betting, and it was on college basketball. Um, And and yeah, that was really when I first started getting my feet wet with sports betting.
0: So, yeah, that's I mean, that's nuts. Looking back at it, it's like you go from like I feel like that time when you know we were in school because we're all we all seem to be kind of around the same age. It's like you know, oh my God, this is like gonna change the game versus like now. You know, you look at it in 2021 and you say, wow, when, why hasn't every state legalized something like this, exactly. right? So that, that mindset has just shifted so much from the time where it started to get hot versus right now, where it's like, there's a state lagging behind. It's like, well, what are you doing? Basically?
2: Exactly. Exactly. And when it became legal in 2018, I was just like, yeah, it's, it, it's going to blow the hell up. And I would still say 2021, we're still probably in the bottom of the first inning of this industry. I've been saying that for like two years now, so maybe we're in the top of the second or something. But uh, still <laughs> so early, so early. Yeah, we're, I mean, the starting pitchers
0: are in. The, the bullpen hasn't come in yet. I no, think yeah.
2: Or, yeah, bullpen's no. Starters bullpen's are right. just
0: starting to find their groove. Like <laughs> yeah. Verlander's still throwing 94, 95. He hasn't got up <laughs> yeah. to 97 yet.
2: What are yeah. we at, like 11 states only? 11, uh, 12 No, states? we're in a lot more. We're in a lot more. half the country. Okay. That's illegal, yeah. But still about half has not legalized it. And there's of so states talk- that never will.
0: Yeah, so let's let's dive into the stuff you're doing now too. book it sports uh, sports gaming community sports gaming is social but yet there's no centralized platform and all of a sudden enter book it sports so you started this off this is an idea you had in college launched it 2019 2020 area. Um, and now, you know, some significant wind in your sail, you know, you guys are killing it on TikTok, obviously, uh, you know, publicizing your actions and, you know, starting a bunch of shit with everybody uh, like fade university and things like that. Right. So yeah. uh, all over the place, what is the plan for book it sports, you know, kind of give us your, you know, 15 to 30 second pitch and, you know, kind of what's the, what's the direction moving forward here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I created book it sports simply because, during my time in college, I saw the tendencies that my peers would do every day to consume the content they need before placing an educated bet. So they're going from Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, TikTok, you know, Barstool, Bleacher, ESPN, Fox, wherever you go to consume content about sports games, uh, it's very, very inconvenient. You're jumping through hoops and hurdles. Plus, when you engage and interact with other people, you probably got groups on Facebook, a group chat very just discombobulated, a very intimidating industry where a lot of newbies have no idea what they're doing. And there was just so much wrong with this industry right when it became legal. And so I saw an opportunity to create something that has been created before that I was shocked that hasn't yet uh, a platform specifically for sports betting and people to come together, share picks, um, you know, track their picks, but essentially just a one-stop shop for all things gambling related on sports. Uh, and, but the reason I had the light bulb idea pop off in my head was uh, my junior year of college. My friend had a large bet on the Toronto Raptors to beat the Hornets and the Hornets won on a full court shot at the buzzer, like a ridiculous Jeremy Lamb, like should not have hit, but it went in and they won and it was insane. And my friend had a hilarious reaction and I pulled out my phone and recorded the whole thing. And I knew that there was absolutely people out there who felt the same way and I knew this video would go viral but I just didn't know where I could post it where it was socially acceptable uh, because it was still so hush hush you know in 2018 and it was just not going to resonate with my Instagram following I got family on there you know same with Twitter as well so I was just like why isn't there one place where I could go where I know everyone on their bets on sports and I could post this video and have them all react to it uh, so that's really where the light bulb came out, came on in my head because my friend was like you know, I made a separate Twitter and Instagram just to post and follow sports betting content. And I was like, bing, how is there not a platform that does this? So that's where the idea came from. It's a social media platform. Uh, But, you know, what I see, envision the future looking like, you know, partnering with with brands and potential sports books to integrate actual betting into the product. Uh, But, you know, just making it a much more seamless experience with uh, posting content, you know, going on live streams, hosting your own shows and podcasts, just really taking it a step further with being the epicenter of gambling. Now you've
1: built this, I mean, it started from pitching a meta world piece, you had a Kickstarter, you launched the app. Now, can anybody use the app or is it only people that are in states that are legalized?
2: It's all 50 states. uh, It's legal. And then also in a couple of countries as well. I know we got some foreign people on there. Nice. I mean, this is,
1: this is great. I mean, I think that's, you you hit the hammer on the nail with that there. There's not necessarily that community of like having those gamblers and, you know, being sports gamblers ourselves, it's like, yeah, you hate to be the guy that's in the room that has no idea what you're talking about when, you know, you're talking about everything and you hate to be the guy when everyone in the room has money on something and you're rooting for the other team. So you want to have that, you know, that centralized community all put together. Mm -hmm. Um, now we're gonna just get to your TikTok. I mean, so you talked about you were the CEO. You know, you obviously founded it, and you transitioned out of the role. You wanted to get back into the content game. That's what's something you love, and you started the TikTok around this summer, correct?
2: Yeah, uh, August was when I started booking with Trent on on all platforms, and uh, it's definitely true that you know some of these platforms favor creators more than they do brands, uh, just because. I mean, I'm walking proof of that. I was posting content on book its accounts. Uh, but as soon as I made my own, it was re- really, shit started to take off.
1: And I mean, we talked about it in the beginning, over 6 million likes in a couple short months. I mean, what's been the strategy? Is it just kind of like off the top of the dome, you know, whatever is on your mind, you just post it?
2: Yeah, really it is. Uh, there's, there's really not much of a strategy to it, except I'm, you know, what you said about the gambling industry, lacking the community. I think the gambling industry also lacks someone like me, just your average Joe, who's like, I guess, entertaining and making content, but also educated on betting on sports. And I'm not just dry. You know, my shows are not like, Oh, line movement in Chicago is good value here. It's like, where the fucking locks today. Like there is none of that. And and the best part about my job is I don't have a boss who's, you know, holding me accountable to be politically, politically correct 24 seven. So I can say, I fucking hate that pick and not worry about someone, you know, telling me, Oh, you can't say that. That's also what I think I have a huge advantage doing because that's what every other creator has to attend to. Uh, There's, you know, certain guidelines they must follow. And there's a certain agenda that's always on their mind. And that's probably to get their audience to go place bets at the sports book. I don't give a shit where you place your bets. Let's just find the money and let's ride. You know, that's all that matters. What's your biggest hit and your biggest bust just off the dome? On bets, like biggest loss, biggest win.
1: Yeah. Like team play
2: or even, yeah, whatever.
1: Like something that sticks
2: out. Biggest loss by far, no doubt. It was the most anticipated parlay uh, probably ever. It was called the McBrady. It was, (laughs) (laughs) it was, uh, and this was before I like blew up, I guess. And it was still like the talk of TikTok. Uh, It was the Buccaneers money line at plus 170 against the Packers in the championship game last year to go to the Super Bowl which I loved, the, I loved the, the box in that game. Like, I had every piece of confidence on Tom Brady to beat Aaron Rodgers, and he did. But the second part of the lay was fucking Connor uh, McGregor to beat Poirier in the second fight. And uh, in minus 300, I put, literally, I somehow took $1,000, placed a two-teamer two weeks before that hit, turned it into 5K, hit another two-teamer, put 5K on it, turned it to 10K. So I had built a fat bankroll and I threw it all on this two-teamer oh, and man. yeah, 10 grand on that two-teamer and fucking Conor McGregor's reason it lost. So that is the biggest loss. And that one still hurts. Oh, so, that, <laughs> one yeah. that one stings. Uh, stinger for sure. And then uh, the biggest W I had was a four, or a four-teamer in Las Vegas. I put 400 on it. Cause I was, I had, it was plays from like my two best guys, my best play. And like my brother's best play of the day. And I was like, I just literally, I don't see this losing. And it was all my favorite teams to bet on. The Angels Overs, which I literally will lock in an Angels Over any day. The Dodgers run line. The Memphis Grizzlies money line, which were like plus 190. And uh, I think it was the Blue Jays run line as well. Those are like my four favorite bets. Uh, and so put 400 on this, paid out like six grand. First three legs hit. And we get to, we're at dinner. I'm a fancy dinner with my team and uh the over in the angels game is selling on me like it's it's three to two over eight and a half and uh we're in we're in like the eighth or ninth inning yeah we get to the ninth inning it's four to two angels are down and like bases were loaded uh and so they score a couple runs and so there's a guy on second and third it's a tie game and it's like three to three i think and if we get a single, a double, triple, whatever, game's over, over doesn't hit, we're fucked. The only way the parlay cash is, is if Jared Walsh hits a fucking grand slam uh, to cash you over. Well, sure enough, Jared Walsh gets in the box, whacks a grand slam, walk off, Shut up. Uh, parlay smacks like six grand. Dude, I was going nuts at the dinner table. It was insane.
1: <laughs> and you're out here with your team, and I mean, like, hey, I mean, yeah. it's part of the, it's part of the brand. But you're like at a fancy restaurant having uh, yeah, Jared Walsh slams
2: Maggiano one just some shit like that. It was, <laughs> it was electric.
0: If I was at that table though, I'd be like, all right, Trent, like you got the check.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what happened.
0: <laughs> oh Jesus, yeah, it's like, yeah. Dude, nah, you something the <laughs> no,
1: don't want to hear about the you know checking and saving shit. It's like nah, it's just
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you know, while you're building up your platform and anything were there's, was there ever, you know, anybody on social media in the gambling world that you resonated with that you, you saw and you're like, I like what they're doing. I think, you know, I think I can kind of do something like this or like, where did your inspiration come from?
2: Yeah. I mean, I just grew up watching a lot of like late night TV shows or the late night television, like Jimmy Fallon or like Jay Leno. Like I always wanted to be something like that, you know, but I'm something in sports, not really a big pop culture guy, you know, so Scott Van Pelt's definitely someone I I idolize tremendously. Uh, I watch him every night basically, but Pat McAfee and Dave Portnoy are, you know, are right there as well. Uh, I always thought I could envision myself doing what McAfee does. You know, he does a great job with his show. It's kind of the same vibe, you know, not really giving a fuck. Um, That's kind of like me and, and Portnoy as well. You know what he's done at Barstool he's obviously got an empire over there. And I feel as if I, you know, can kind of do something similar on a different scale. Uh, but, but yeah, those are kind of the people that I look up to and always have kind of uh, mimicked their work.
1: And without giving away any, you know, secrets or titles or anything, but you're obviously going to explore this content market so much more. Um, you know, what are some things that you really do want to do with Booked Sports and also, you know, just your personal brand as
2: well? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I just got started on Twitch as of yesterday, which has so many more tools and 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 ways to get creative with engagement and interaction on my streams, which I don't know why I haven't been doing this whole time, because I've been doing TikTok, Instagram, and that shit sucks. Uh, but really just expanding the creator network of the Booked Sports influencers. You know, we got a new girl, Lauren, that we just brought into the mix, uh, who's literally insanely hot with college basketball has not missed a bet in 11 straight bets, which is insane. And she, yeah, no. And she was like a no one had no followers and uh, you know, just reached out to me and I I was like, okay, let's give her a shot. Now she's got like 15,000 on Twitter and she's blowing up too. And so that's just, you know, the book it effect that we can do for people that are, you know, wanting to be something in this space, you know, you just got to prove it to us and, You know, if we are willing to give you a shot, like, you know, we can really make some magic happen. So just really expanding that network, expanding the app a lot more. It's very, you know, it's in its infancy right now. It's still very early for us in the product, but we're raising an investment round right now that's going to take us to the next level. Uh, You know, working on closing that right now. Uh, But yeah, I think this industry, like I said, is still so, so early. And, you know, before you know it, I think you already can bet with your TV remotes Uh, but I mean who knows what's next so really just adapting to the change and to the times and I think that's an advantage we also have as a brand in the space is that we're young and majority of the space is so old and archaic and they don't know they don't even know what TikTok is you know none of these sports books except for the big ones have a following there and they probably paid for them you know through ads so you know, that's the advantage we have is just being in the right headspace and knowing what's trending, uh, you know, and how to target audiences like myself. You know, I'm literally talking to people every day that are just like me. I'm just, I so happen to have a lot of followers behind it. Um, and so I know people just want picks, they want winners, but they want to have a, a good time doing it and be entertained. Like if you're, in, if you're betting on sports to support yourself financially, you're an idiot. Like you're actually dumb because you're not going to support yourself financially. You should have another source of income because there's so much fluke shit every night and you're going to put your, your rent money on fucking puck lines and then give up a, you know, an empty netter. It's like, no, this is for fun. It's all for fun. And it it should always be for fun. You know, you should not find yourself in any sketchy situations if you're doing it for fun, you know, And, and, and there's no entertainment in this industry. And so that's what we're really trying to provide. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've seen it, you know, before, you know, we're in Rhode Island and obviously we have the sports book app now, but we used to go to the casino all the time. And, you know, we're out here with like, you know, a hundred, 200, $300 max, right. Just like playing around some like fun money for a football Sunday. And we're seeing guys walk in with like 20 grand, like screaming at the, like screaming at the person at the counter and stuff like this. And it's like, I'm like, whoa, oh, I'm like, Oh, $20 on Buffalo to win by one to six points. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like I'm like, Holy shit. It's like, I'll still get excited if it's, you know, a $10 bet or a hundred dollar bet. Right. But yep. it's like, there's people that it's like, Oh, that's a uh, 1-800 gambler on this one. Just in literally,
2: case. literally.
1: So before we, you know, before we close that and, you know, uh, ask a couple closing questions, we want to do a holiday season parlay with you. So the mindset behind this, we're each going to pick, you know, one or two games for the weekend for NFL spreads, money lines, over, under, whatever you want to do. We're going to place a bet on the app and the proceeds to that bet are going to go to a charity of your choice, Trent. And we're also going to fade the bet as well.
0: (laughs) 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 But the entire thing, we have to fade the entire, the entire thing
2: or it goes reverse and exactly in between
1: there's no in between. So I'm going to start off, you know, I know it's a little bit on the spot, but my lock this week is going, and I hate to say it because I'm a giants fan, but it's the Chargers spread. I believe it opened up at 10 and a half. Um, The giants do not fucking have it. They (laughs) are there. It's it. I hate to say it. I really do hate to say it, but you know, they scored nine points against the dolphins. The chargers defense just dropped 40 against the Bengals. So my pick, my lock is going to be Chargers, the spread. I think it's ten and a half.
2: Yep, I'm seeing ten and a half still. Nice. I'm surprised it's not 20. <laughs> what do you got, Jake?
1: Oh, shit. So I thought about
0: this a lot. We just recorded a show, and I trashed the Bengals, you know, constantly. <laughs> uh, I think the over-under against the 49ers is, is too low. I think it's too low. 48 and a half, I, I will take the over. I'm going to take the over 48 and a half, Niners-Bengals. I think it's going to be a shootout.
2: I like that one. That over in the in the Chargers-Bengals was a lock.
0: Yeah, that was like over well over 60.
2: Yeah. All right, I'm looking at the slate here. Oh, man, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm looking at that Lions-Money line again. <laughs> no, i <laughs> not take that. Oh, man. I, I won't give you that. Oh.
0: It, hey, the Broncos, though, you never know.
2: They could sell, dude. I mean, it, it's been, I've been looking at it all week since Sunday. Uh, and I'm, I want to throw it so badly again, dude. I want that's not I,
0: even, but that money line, if it was like plus 500, then maybe it's like 290.
2: There, but, like, I, dude, I said that the, the reason I chose last week literally to, to take the Lions ML and I was down to do it was, uh, literally because the money line was, it was plus 250 or 270. I was like, okay. That's too low against this wagon Vikings team. What's going on here? What do they know? And I'm sure everyone's throwing Vikings ML in all their parlays, you know? And so I was like, it's just speaking to me you know. (laughs) and I'm shocked. It's not a little lower on the Broncos. I thought it would be like 250. I'm seeing 280. I saw 300 this morning. So I don't know. I don't know. It's not speaking to me the way it was last week, but I mean, you'll find out eventually if I'm on it or not. I got to go with the GOATs, uh, Tom Brady, minus three, Buccaneers. Uh, I'm not sold on this Bills team. I bet against them yesterday, and that paid off very nicely. Uh, and I'm going to bet against them again this week with the GOAT. Three three points spread at home. I think they win, and I think they win by a touchdown, maybe 10 points. This Bills team is fucking fraudulent.
0: Yeah, they are. They are very. So the good news is by the time we air this – We'll have either old takes exposed ourselves or we'll be the most brilliant free man alive because we're gonna air this after the games are over.
2: Perfect. So, Perfect.
1: so I'm putting it in I'm putting it in the book right now to see what we will have. So we have
2: plus 580 is what I'm seeing.
1: Plus 580. Yeah. All right. Plus 580. Trent, let us know this week what charity you would like us to uh, put the winnings on um we'll we'll post a video before the episode comes out and hopefully uh you know we we spread some joy in the holiday season or we fade ourselves and uh figure it out but thank you for doing that
2: absolutely um,
1: to close out so you know what advice do you have for content creators it's obviously a very saturated market Um, You found your niche, you found something fun way to do it, but you know, what is your advice for growth? And you know, what is something that you wish you heard a couple of years ago or even a couple of months ago when you started that, you know, now.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I would say you just got to do it. Like literally just pick up your phone, start posting shit. It doesn't matter if you're well lit or you're saying the right things, like just have a take, have something to back it up and, and do it like the re like just so many people are oh i want to you know start posting content i want to get in the game it's like and then i never hear from them again it's like you just got to do it and be consistent with it and there's there's not enough people like me in this industry and there's literally anyone could get to the point i'm at right now just being consistent and being yourself like i'm no different in person than i am on camera like i'm the exact same person Uh, and that's why I think I resonate well with a lot of people is just that I'm real and I'm genuine. And, and that's what it takes to be successful in this industry. Just be everyone's friend. Like, you know, there's so many little beef things I've been involved in and I didn't even start them. And I'm just like, okay, like I really could care less if you fade my picture or not. Like I'm not here for the beef. I'm not here for attention. I'm literally just trying to find where the locks are at. Uh, but I think just being yourself, being real, being genuine and not holding back. Uh, not being nervous about just doing it, that's what a lot of people just don't get to that step. There's a lot of prep there's a lot of talk, but there's no doing um, and so just just doing it is the first step, and a lot of a lot of people don't even get there so that's my best piece of advice is just do it literally
0: It's excellent stuff um and then I guess to close out after that right when we we've alluded to this right but when do you expect sports gambling to be legal everywhere?
2: Five years from now. I mean, I think states like Texas and California will will milk the clock on this as long as possible, and and there yeah. will be states that will never legalize it, like Utah or probably Alaska. Um, but I would give it five years. What are we in twenty twenty two almost now? I think by twenty thirty it'll be it'll be legal in. 43 states
1: 43 yeah. states all right all right it's on the record it's on the record <laughs> it's on the record we'll start yeah. the clock and uh if yeah. old takes expose is still around uh they'll <laughs> yeah. we'll be on that <laughs> but i think he fun. will be something tells me fred's gonna be doing this for you yeah, oh, know we man. had we had him on the podcast one of our, our first guests last oh, year that's lit. And, uh, he was an interesting dude just an ultimate internet troll i mean <laughs> <Yeah. he, laughs> <laughs> it's to have to be troll.
2: to run an account like that
1: <laughs> yeah uh, Trent, thanks, man.
0: Um, Really appreciate your time. Uh, To close out, where can our listeners follow you? Where can they engage with your content? Uh, How can they get involved in all the good stuff you're doing?
2: Absolutely, you can follow me on any platform: Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok at Book It with Trent, and then of course and Twitch at Book It Sports. That's where I do all my shows at, Uh, and then the Book It Sports app. I'm on there. My name is just Trent. It's a free app to download: Google Play Store, Apple App Store. Uh, go download it, join the squad.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, we appreciate the time. Good luck with uh, hanging up everything and uh, setting up the the shop in Vegas. And uh, we will talk to you soon. Thank you again.
2: Sounds good, boys. Thank you so much.
1: And that was just Book It With Trent, a.k.a. Trent Atia. Uh, We appreciate him coming on the podcast. And that parlay, as we mentioned, did hit. So sorry, Fred Siegel uh, freezing cold takes. We are not getting exposed this week. Um, and we just actually heard back from Trent and he, we will be donating those proceeds to the Jimmy, Fee, the Jimmy V foundation, which oh, is, nice, um, we'll be obviously talking about college, uh, college hoops in a little bit, but um, happy. We can make that work. That was a nice little hit and do check out the book of sports app. Uh, we both just downloaded it. It's definitely an interesting platform. It's definitely on the up and up. It's going to be a cool, little atmosphere and community for gamblers and uh we're excited to uh see this thing explode once sports gambling is legalized everywhere
0: all right let's go into just some quick balls to wrap things up and start with something happy again Gillette stadium before we
1: start with something yes you got to mention what balls is sponsored by it's presented oh, by goodness I, how
0: how ignorant of me yes you cannot the, miss that the best products for men women and children go for it
1: yeah so we we've said it once and we've said it again manscape.com slash house you can get 20 percent off your products and free shipping the lawnmower 4.0 all of its grooming and deodorant products The box of briefs, which are very breathable. Um, it's the perfect gift for the holidays. We're not going to take too much time on this because you know, we know it's for every man, woman, and child. The perfect gift, and your balls will thank you later. Use Coast House at checkout, 20% off plus free shipping, manscaped.com.
0: Take two. Let's go into some balls presented by our partner at Manscaped. Great people over there. New England Patriots. $225 million are going to sink into Gillette. All going to be funded by the Kraft family. It's going to start almost immediately and it's going to be ready for 2023. Um, This is sneakily going to be the largest outdoor HD stadium video board in the United States, which I don't know if you've been to Gillette or not. You know, I know we went a couple of years ago for a soccer game. We had senior ball there, but I'm just going to say it. Not the best looking stadium. Love the Pats. Love the crafts. They, this was long overdue and
1: I'm glad they acknowledged it. Glad they're putting their money where their mouth is. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the way NFL stadiums have been getting built up year after year, obviously you have SoFi and um, the radius, the radio Raiders stadium. Um, what is that? Allegiant? Allegiant. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, you know, for teams it's like this is obviously becoming very part of the whole game day atmosphere it's like no matter how good or bad your team is no matter what's around in the area you need to have the most high def stuff and it's like obviously you know the crafts have money the crafts have a ton of money they're actually built um he's a craft is investing in a call of duty league as well he's trying to acquire one
0: yeah, he's been, he's been on an investment tear. He just invested in, um, in a sports gambling company, Wager too. Um, mm-hmm. My, yeah, my cousin was, uh, he's, he's one of the founders there. He's like, yeah, Bob Kraft just invested some, some money. I'm like, what the fuck
1: is he doing?
0: He's on oh, a tear. Yeah, he's
1: definitely on an investing tear and like improvements are definitely key. Um, especially when there's some like practice facilities that are nicer than actual NFL stadiums. So I think it's a great move. It'll definitely, you know, what is it? Uh, what is Gillette's like compound called? Is it just like Gillette Park? Patriot Place. Patriot Place. That's what it is. Um, like ton of great businesses there. Thirsty Beavers, obviously very much thriving. So it'll just help with everything. Hopefully they add some parking. Um, the only thing they can't fix is <laughs> is the traffic unless they have a flyover bridge. But other than that, perfect. cool stuff.
0: Yeah, flyover bridge or like you know what they should do is a train.
1: They honestly should have a train. do a train, but it's too it's too um, local.
0: It's like I too know much, that's the thing. It's gonna it's piss the neighborhood. Off. But you gotta think: Can craft like for as much as he invests? Can he just buy off the neighbors? Can he say like, hey, everyone, everyone that lives within a mile radius of this is gonna get like five hundred grand? I think that might be worth it in some ways. Yeah, but you have to prove that you're gonna get more people there and. You have to buy out the parking people too because they're going to lose money. It's like, it's a shit show. It's kind of reminds me of why they don't put a bridge from Connecticut to Long Island, you know, because then they got to buy out the ferry companies and all that stuff, but that would be pretty cool. Um, I'm really excited to see this. I think Gillette is, again, it's like, it's, it's just old. It's just old and tired.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's probably been at least a decade since they've done some touch-up to it.
0: I think even longer, dude. I don't know. They they touched it up a couple of years ago, but it was extremely minor. Like, they replaced some of the video boards. It's like, that doesn't really cut it.
1: No. But I mean, that massive screen is going to be pretty cool.
0: That'll be awesome. And that's in an area where everyone's like, why is there nothing there in the stadium? There's just, like, a sliver of nothing. It looks like the it looks like Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, where they just mm-hmm. have that area in right field. It's just nothing there. Like, not cool. So they're putting a new lighthouse in, which is cool, because the lighthouse now... Everyone's going to go up in arms. going to be like, what the fuck? It's gone. It's, it's back. So that's good. Um, speaking of the NFL, what the fuck is going on with the Bills? Oh, my God. I, I love it, personally. You said a couple of weeks ago something's broken with the Buffalo Bills, and I think everything's broken with the Buffalo Bills right now. Seven and six. They were getting killed by the Bucks. They actually came back and won, in, uh, or the Bucks won in overtime. But, man, do they stink.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Bills aren't doing well. But if you look at, like, you know, I mean, their last two losses were marginal, right? You know, you're talking, like, four points to the Pats, six points to the Bucs. They face the Panthers next week. That should be a win. Um, then they face the Patriots again. But ever since – I'm trying to look back. I mean, it was that – well, they lost to the Jaguars 6-9. They beat up on the Jets and then they got blanked by the Colts Then beat up on the Saints. Like they're just, like, I think it honestly started with the Jags. It might, it, it might've been, it really like might've it was been. Their, their defense was fine, but I mean, Josh Allen looked like
0: crap. The receivers weren't doing that well. Everything just started to fall apart there.
1: Yeah. Something's up. And I mean, again, did anyone expect them to be the Bucs? No, it was definitely no. a daunting task. And you knew this is going to be a tough stretch of the schedule, um, but I mean it, it works out for the Patriots fans out there because it's like now you have a two a two-game lead, and now the Patriots have to face the Colts, the it's, Bills, yeah. the Jags, and the Dolphins. So yeah, if they can beat the I mean you ideally, ideally, you would need to win out, and then you have that locked up, and you'll probably have a number one seat as well. But you beat the Colts and then I mean, you, you, you face the Bills yet again. You obviously want to win that one right after Christmas. That's in, Holt, that's in Foxborough. That's in Foxborough. Jags, Pats. I mean, Jags and uh, Dolphins, you should lock those in. It's looking good right now. Long Dolphins are a good. trap game, though. I'll just say
0: it. History is trap, not on the Patriot side in that so, one.
1: Ideally, though, for the Pats, like, you want that first round bye. I know. It's not even the playoffs
0: now. It's like, hey, you got to get that first round bye
1: yeah that is what you desperately need
0: they have a path to go for now right i think the colts are a big test you know if, if we lost the colts wouldn't be too concerned it's like that good team i've said i I've, I've got weeks of receipts to back me up here on this show i think the colts are good i think they're a good team
1: yeah um, i mean jonathan taylor is the one you're gonna have to stop
0: holy shit he is phenomenal and they actually do have some good young receivers i'm i've been impressed with the colts and i've Call me crazy, been impressed with Carson Wentz. I really have. He turned it around. Uh, he's not done yet. think he's been good. Everybody else, the Patriots should beat no, with no problem. But that's why they play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Maybe Mac Jones doesn't show up one day, and that would suck. Um, he hasn't needed to show up these past couple of games, though. So – I think the Pats are good again. Uh, that's some really good stuff. And before we wrap up NFL as well, um, goodness, the the news on Demarius Thomas came out of nowhere. That was horrible. So thoughts and prayers, to his family, uh, would have been 34 years old this Christmas. Um, I thought it was really cool that the Broncos uh, took a delay of game. They sent 10 men out on the field, um, uh, against the lions in the opening drive and instant standing ovation in the crowd and with the lions as well. They were clapping. So, um, that was a real nice gesture for their guy.
1: Yeah, class act for the Lions. They realized it right away. Um, but yeah, terribly, terribly sad. I mean, just seeing the amount of uh, people post afterwards, obviously like, you know, you know, thoughts and prayers and everything. But the people that were talking about certain memories, there was some player in the Broncos that talked about Damaris Thomas, uh, you know, Pretty much being with his son after the Super Bowl, like on the plane ride and at the parade. And there was another time at like a child's football game or a soccer game that Demarius Thomas kids were at. He was holding like the coach's baby so the coach can like do some things. Like just, it's just terribly, terribly sad. Uh, gone too soon. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that the, uh, the Broncos can get a win out and to, uh, to honor him. I for sure agree. So
0: good stuff from the Denver Broncos. Obviously, we, we, we wish the best to uh, that organization and all that were affected by the loss. Oh, uh, where are we going from here? College basketball. How's that? Um, talked about Rutgers beating Purdue. And then, you know, what's just so crazy is that in this sport, there is nothing that's guaranteed. It's so nuts. Rutgers beat the number one team in the nation, and then they lose to Seton Hall by fourteen. Villanova has a couple of good stretches, and then they lose to Baylor by 21,
1: 57
0: to 36. That's mm-hmm. absolute insanity. So a lot of crazy stuff going on in college basketball. We're in mid-season form, and I love it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Baylor gets the one spot in the year 20, 25. Duke is at two. Purdue is three. UCLA is four, and Gonzaga wraps it up at top five. Uh, Big East basketball, though, four teams in the top 25. Personally, it should be five, but (laughs) Villanova, Seton Hall, Xavier, and UConn. um, Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, I just said it, Providence College should be on there. Uh, The fact that Texas Tech is 25 and Wisconsin received 156 votes compared to Providence's 57 is kind of horseshit. Kind of horseshit, but, you know, it adds fuel to the fire for uh Ed Cooley, who will face UConn this weekend. That's a huge matchup, and huge. Um, that's one that
0: they're catching UConn at the right time. They're a little banged up. Adama Sano goes out. Tyrese Martin's not 100% healthy. So this is a game that, you know, as soon as that game with Central Connecticut was done last weekend, Cooley's response was, that win was what it was. We'll take it. All our eyes are on UConn now. He's like, "Well, we're going to go back and watch some film and start prepping for UConn right now." It's like we're not even going to celebrate this. I'm like, "Oh shit, it's Big East time. So it, it's crunch time now. We're getting ready to go. This is conference play. It's starting up." Conference so, play, yeah. Actually, woof, I'm, uh, I'm
1: looking at this. I'm looking at this AP twenty. Uh, the AP twenty five poll right now. A lot of SEC, Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee. LSU Is Florida on there, Kentucky, no. and Arkansas. Six. Florida's not wow. Six. Yeah. Florida got no, Florida has no votes.
0: Oh, damn. What's their? Oh, they're seven and three. Yeah. So I mean they're they're a loaded conference, as many expected they would be, but I don't think like, you know, all of these teams getting ranked. Man, that's crazy. LSU looks pretty good, and I hate to say it because I'm not like Will Wade's good. He's he is what he is. Alabama incredible this year. You know they've look at look at what they've been able to do. Kentucky, I mean, they're legit. Everybody's legit in the SEC. That's scary. I think that's the best conference of the league this year. Wow, it's a big claim, but I think the SEC is the best conference of the league.
1: Alabama's a low key good team.
0: I think they're a high key good team.
1: Yeah. It's just surprising.
0: I'm surprised by Kentucky. You know, they're, they're a blue blood, they're original, you know, they're they're real OG, but I mean, like, I'm surprised with and actually they just lost to Notre Dame. Shit. That's a bad loss. They lost their two losses are Duke and Notre Dame. And Notre Dame's got some bad losses to their name. They've got Boston College, they've got yeah. Well, the others are Illinois and Texas a and but then they lost to SMC too. I mean, you just can't be doing that in the ACC.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's all down to the conference play now. And I mean, we'd be, um, we would not be good if we didn't mention the Bryant Bulldogs who are, I don't know what their identity is right now. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know where their identity is. I mean, they obviously had a a, a decent win against UNH Um so you, you give them that. But then they just lost to Stony Brook again. They both had uh, Hall, Elijah, and Peter Kiss out with COVID, which is not good because that that will probably trickle down. Um, I mean, they are not the best team in the NEC. Even, like, obviously they had to face some, you know, some difficult opponents this year, Houston, uh, Clemson, but – Even just in their other Cincinnati, um, even just against other, you know, just their play right now. It's like Wagner seems much better. Sacred Heart seems much better.
0: Yeah, I think so. Here's the thing. You got two more out of conference games. I'm going to say it. You got to win both.
1: Who are they against?
0: Cornell away. Got to win that one. You have to win against Cornell. And then they've got Eastern Kentucky at home, which if they didn't win, I'm I'm okay with. Eastern Kentucky's a good team. They've got a real good coach. They have some good wins. (sighs) They've got it maybe one and one. I'll take one and one before I really freak out, before I'm like, oh, shit, this team's broken. But I think when you have that much star power on a team and – it's just tough for those guys to gel with each other. These guys were all starters at like A 10 schools, you know. It, like it's selfish basketball
1: through- right now. It's selfish basketball where it's like everyone needs to realize that your 1A, 1B is pride and kiss. you what? And even your 1C is Hall Elijah's, but he's the only fucking big they have, you know. <laughs>
0: But here's the thing. They went out and got like a guy like Grant Coleman who had to start on against Stony Brook, who started seven games at Milwaukee last year. That's no slouch of a program. That's like, all right, you know, it's a D1 program right in the middle of the majors, like good guy with size. Everyone's like, oh, shit, it'll get some solid minutes this year. He hasn't played really shit this year. No. And then you couple him up with a guy like Greg Kalix, who I thought was going to be the answer too, And they, they've been really freaking hesitant with him, too.
2: Which so it's something we
0: don't know about, you know, we can't coach from our couches, but like, obviously if he was good enough and ready to play, he'd be out there. So there's something that we don't know, but he just looks, they both look like crap. I'm just going to say it.
1: Yeah. I think it maybe it's Grasso trying to humble them because it's like, they came from bigger programs.
0: Yeah. Maybe, maybe there could be an element and I do trust the way he's going about it. Um, Crazy to say it. I really trust What
1: Jared Grosso is doing right now. No, so do I. It's just like, oh, it's like you go in with such high expectations for this team. I know. And it's just, it's, you know, obviously no one expected them to, you know, win against Houston, Cincinnati or, or, or Clemson, right? But it's like to lose by 70 points is just embarrassing. Embarrassing.
0: 111 to 44 You know that in the cards, you have Houston minus 67 and a half, you would have made some money.
1: You know, if it was like 110 to 70, be like, yep, you know what? Obviously, they were a final four team for a reason. Okay. But to lose by 67 points, come on. I know.
0: Well, we'll keep our eyes on Brian. I'm not, I'm not in panic mode just yet. I am going to be in panic mode when they start losing to bottom tier NEC teams. That's when I will freak out yeah and we've you've got as my trusted partner, you've got the receipts, you've got me accountable here. If I freak out before then, please tell me to shut up. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's if you don't freak out either though
1: yeah it's it's hard right now, it's hard right now.
0: It's hard and I it's it's natural, you know it's so hard to be like, oh yeah, you know this team sucks like but it, we've got to remember. A majority of these teams are statistically better than them, right? They they had a great year last year. It's in part due to the fact that they had some guys or some games that just weren't – they. most of the year they played games that were against teams that were better than them last year. Mm-hmm. That's not the case this year. You can't expect to go into Houston and take them to the wire and go into overtime with them. I mean, you just can't do it. So – I, I'm weirdly okay with where this team's at right now.
1: No, the only thing I'm actually the most frustrated about is, and this is coming from two Brian alumni, the lack of fan support. The games look I'm empty. Right with you. The games look empty. And it's like, now they're going to go onto a stretch where, you know, students are out next week. Students are out next yeah. week where it's like, Not good. And then they're going to
0: play an 11 a.m. game on a Wednesday against Eastern Kentucky after finals. I'm not too thrilled with the scheduling at that one, but you got to do what you got to do. I get it.
1: Cool, but you have to
0: also understand that there's going to be 300 people in the stands, max,
1: which is unfortunate because they they need to do better to get people their asses in the seats. I know They, they do. They do. I don't care like promotions, whatever. Like make fill the fucking stands they
0: need to push beer a bit more. I know they're selling it, which is awesome, but they need to really market that to kids. Be like, Hey, you know, not saying that, you know, not condoning underage drinking here, but like, you know, if maybe if someone forgot their ID, it'd be okay. Just throw
1: no, it but out. I mean like, all right, for example, they played Nichols college that opener, right. It was D three. that was bad. You know, it was D three. No, that one was crowded. Well, no, I'm saying I, I think I know where you're going here. That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, it's, it's D three, a decent amount of fans were from Nichols because of you know President Salmacy, former Brian employee, but also like the crowd was electric behind the bench, like they were. But it was the Nichols
0: the bench. bench.
1: No, even the Brian bench.
0: I guess so. Even the Brian bench. Nichols was chanting, "Overrated at Charles." Or no, Bryant. maybe
1: it wasn't. No, maybe it wasn't Nichols. What was the first game? Oh, uh, Fisher. 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 That yeah. game. That game had the crowd.
0: I'm yes, that one. You're spot on. It was packed to the freaking brim, and everybody was hydrated. They're yelling shit at other players. Like that's fine. I got you there.
1: Yeah, that one was the. But again, what was Fisher? D three, right? Fisher's at D three too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. There should be no excuse, but the fans were there and people just felt confident. It looked smooth. I know. I know.
0: But we'll see. This a story. There's a lot to be written in this story for Bryant. There's a ton. Time will tell. And I'm not worried. I'm not. So Time will tell. Get through, just get to conference play. They'll figure it out. And if they don't, they're fucked. I'm mm-hmm. just, they're fucked. Uh, a lot of guys leaving next year
1: the year to do it it's the year to do it i know it'll you be a very it. it'll be a very long time i hope not but to have the personnel like kiss pride and elijah's with a Grosso doesn't come often
0: no and grasso knows that he he's been very vocal about that he knows it
1: it's like now's the time to do it i agree i agree
0: but that's brian um and I'm excited to be at the dunk this year for hopefully a decent chunk of the conference games. And you know, the is going to be popping this year. That'll be a good conference. Very, uh, very satisfied with the level of play. I think PC can beat Villanova right now. I think anyone can beat Villanova. I think so. I mean, Bryant could beat Villanova at this rate. Mm, no. <laughs> Maybe not Bryant but Villanova looks not great. And maybe that's for another day. Maybe the biggest breakdowns for another day, but I think Villanova's not a top 10 team right now.
1: No, no,
0: they know. Not and nice. It's not that hard to, to grasp that they have questions, but I don't know. So that's college basketball. Um, and that's a good ball segment as well presented by manscaped. That's it. We've got merch uh, available now, ready to ship out. If you head to our website, uh, our partners at Squad Locker have you covered. Probably not in time for Christmas, but a couple weeks, you'll get your merch. Um, Just got a fresh new College Hoops Digest polo. I wear that a lot. And my House Brewing Company Champion sweatshirt is also a huge favorite of mine. Uh, I wear that everywhere as well. I don't know if there's any merch will that you wanted to highlight, but those are the two I'm loving right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, my HBC Adidas hat is like my go-to. All the hoodies are super, super comfortable. I have a couple new things that should be here this week, which I'm very excited for. We have vests, windbreakers, um, new designs. We added a bunch of new brands as well. Yeah. Squad Locker has been making some good stuff. Again, you probably won't get it for the holidays, but Um, it'll be a nice January present for you.
0: Yes. Head to house-enterprise.com to grab it. That's it for this episode. That's Will and I'm Jake. So long folks.
1: Take it easy.